there is a, a video and I can't remember. I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes, but it's talking <laughs> I can't even, about almond milk. Yeah. But it was like, <laughs> is it like milking it? Like, a, like, are they trying to get milk out of it? Like a nipple? Yes. Oh yes. I can imagine. It's like a very seriously framed documentary Excellent. about the almond farmers. Yes. <laughs> oh, that sounds Anyways. great. Yeah. <laughs> that this may not make it into the final That's cut. All right. <laughs> so laughing so hard. Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 62. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are talking about spring and summer trends for 2020. Let's time travel back for a moment to the distant, not so distant, spring trends of 2019 episode. When we put mushrooms in our cocktails and sherry was the drink du jour. When minimalism was all the rage in both decor and makeup. How have you been keeping up, modern ladies? Well, we hate to break it to you, but 2019 is so last year. And though some trends have stood the test of time, we are here today to ring in the up and coming for the new 2020 season. But first, if you enjoyed today's episode, we ask that you take a minute to rate and review the Modern Lady podcast on Apple iTunes or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Not only does your review help our podcast stand out, it also makes us incredibly happy. We love reading your comments. This week's shout-out goes to listener Leah Starling, who gave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and said, quote, I am a military wife, mom of two boys, and a homemaker. Listening to this podcast is so uplifting and educational. It is the perfect pick-me-up on days where being a stay-at-home mom and homemaker is challenging, especially during a deployment. A heartfelt thanks to Lindsay and Michelle for being so hospitable by inviting us into their lives and sharing their hearts to inspire others. I look forward to every Tuesday for a new episode." End quote. Thank you so much, Leah, for tuning in every week and for leaving us this review. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. Everywhere we turn right now, everyone is talking about germs, and we are being advised to keep our hands to ourselves. Dating back to the Middle Ages, the word curtsy derives from the word courtesy. It is a physical act of public courtesy towards someone of higher rank. Up until the 17th century, the curtsy and bow were similar actions, but after that point, men bowed while women curtsied. So how does one do it properly? From a standing position, transfer your weight to one foot, usually your left, and bring your other foot behind and slightly to the outside of your standing ankle and gently bend at the knees in one fluid gesture, all while keeping your torso upright. If you are being presented to the reigning monarch of England, your cue to curtsy is when she reaches her hand out to you. You curtsy while keeping your eyes looking at the floor. And as you rise, you make eye contact and then shake Her Majesty's hand. The website for the royal family does explain though that no one is required to curtsy, 
but that many still like to adhere to this tradition. If you are a Victorian woman with a very large hoop skirt, your curtsy is different as no one can see your legs. So you do a ballet-inspired plie with your heels together, feet pointed out at an angle, and you bend both knees outward at the same time and then right back up. Whatever you decide, you don't have to hit the decks for fear of not being able to get back up. You don't need to curtsy too low. A slight curtsy or bow is all that it takes to show some proper respect. And I, for one, am actually quite interested in trying this out with my kids. Yeah, this could be the curtsy revival that we've all been waiting for, (laughs) right? Since we're not supposed to shake hands right now. And it could be um, a little bit uh, like a step up replacement Mm -hmm. from the elbow bump that they've been (laughs) recommending these days. Yes. I would love to see curtsying, perhaps, instead of the elbow bump, although then we'd have to tell the men how to bow. That's well. right. And you know what? I was thinking about doing that for next week's episode. So if you like the history of bowing, that could be next week. This episode of the Modern Lady Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Being tired, middle-class, suburban moms in our 30s doesn't exactly make us influencers, and you might want to look to more reputable sources for new style and decor trends. Please contact the professionals to find out if puffy sleeves and shoulder pads really are back in style before purchasing said items. And please, for the sake of all that is beautiful, don't go out and get a highlighter green crocheted dress for your night out at the Tiki Bar based on this episode of the Modern Lady Podcast without double checking to make sure that all of the cool Instagrammers are doing it first. Thank you and enjoy this episode. Well, it's that time of year again when we're all really anxious to get out of the winter and into the spring and we're, we are here to help, right, Lindsay? Yes, because like in our disclaimer, we if there are people to turn to for all the spring trends, it's you and I, right, Michelle? Oh, of course. We say from our closets. Yeah. Yes. And my hand-me-down clothes and my messy mom hair. Um, but you know what? I've always enjoyed researching trends. I actually usually keep up to date with what is in style. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. buy it or wear it, but I do usually know what's in style. And personally, this is just an episode that I really enjoy recording and I think you do too. So it's just one we like Mm -hmm. to have fun with. Yes. I love learning about the trends, even though like you, I I may not partake in many of them. Um, But yeah, it does help. And I love seeing, it's almost like when you buy a new car, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, once you buy a car, then you see it everywhere. I feel like when we recorded last year's episode, um, whereas I would not maybe have been aware of what's trendy, all of a sudden I started seeing it. And that was fun. I felt like I was I was in the know. Yes. In the know. And so if you guys, same thing, if you hear something in this episode and then you see it out, be like, I heard that first on the Modern Lady podcast, right? Oh, because we'll take then a picture and tag right. us on, on Instagram. Yes. And then people will think we are cool. All of us together. We like to help you guys with like more serious topics, but then we also like to help all of us together as a team grow <laughs> a little bit cooler each year. So if you want to be cool this year, one of the first fashion trends, you guys, is ugly patterns. So think 1960s. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. ugly. Um, 1960s wallpaper, early 1970s. That kind of a pattern is all over clothing right now. It's awful. So like like shirts and then pants are really big right now too. So think of those like 
flared out, but not fully bell-bottom pants with a crease down the middle and a really ugly pattern with a big pair of like white clunky boots, like late mm-hmm. 60s, early 70s, David Bowie. That's really, really in style right now. Oh my goodness. Now, when you say wallpaper, I think I, my mind goes also to colors. Yeah. Like, so are we talking like colors too, like the mustard yellow, the yes. pea green? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're muting it down sometimes with like a more solid piece, but it's definitely not shying away from color or pattern. And full two-piece suits are really back in as well with these patterns. And But the thing is with these suits, Michelle, they're wearing... They're called Bahama shorts, which are the shorts that are like loose and flowy and they go to your knees. So Mm -hmm. picture a big blazer with then these ugly loose shorts that go to your knees and like an ugly patterned shirt underneath. It's yeah, it's truly as ugly as it sounds. This sounds so unfortunate. Mm -hmm. It's going to get better though. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, good. Uh, Because I'm just starting to envision like... um, we're starting to really look in our fashion like the capital. I yes. don't know if you've ever read The Hunger Games. Yes. Like I know District doing. 1. And yeah. that was not the point of that book. No. <laughs> to emulate District 1. Anyways, yes. Go back to the, the ugly It's going styles. to go it more capital. Better. It's going to go more capital later, but some oh. things are better. So to finish okay. off this really retro look, you're going to want to wear something called the disco collar. So you take your 1960s or 70s collar and it's the big pointed collar and it's opened all the way up and it's laying flat out across your chest if you can imagine what I'm describing. Hmm. Okay. See, I could see how the collars would be trendy paired mm-hmm. with the right kind of color or um, style of shirt. Right. But all of these things together, I'm having a hard time envisioning. So. Mm-hmm. And people, <laughs> if if people don't believe me, they can feel free to look up everything from the fashion weeks and you will see all of this on all of the runways. Now, the next thing that's all over the runways is highlighter fluorescent clothing. Personally, I actually liked this when I was looking at some of the dresses, but I'm also of <laughs> one of the people that still tans outside um, despite mm. all of the health risks. So I think the idea of like a little bit of bronzed skin with like a really bright dress is really neat looking, mm. but they are not shying away from the absolute highlighter type colors of the hot pink and that yellow, that neon yellow and the green. And even the most gorgeous orange color is out right now. It's like a peachy orange and it looked mm. that looked beautiful on the models. Okay, yes, like a coral. Not coral, like no, coral. Oh, very okay. much more orange, not as pink. Mm. Yep. Okay, I tried to help, but <laughs> <laughs> if it's orange, it's orange, okay. But it's being done in a very feminine, really pretty way with some really um, neat dresses. Speaking of je- uh, dresses, one of these styles is like tiered. So we're not talking about like crying because we're back in the 80s, like tiered like a wedding cake (laughs) style dress right so they're everywhere and so it's a lot of the times it's the full maxi skirt whereas pleats Mm -hmm. were really in style for the fall winter that very small tight pleating these ones are like some of them are tulle some of them are very flowy materials but they're all cut in layers all the way down so if you get like a lime fluorescent green tulle tiered skirt you are super on trend oh Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. With a business suit right? jacket on top with right. a disco collar. Right, right. You're, Got it. Yeah, you're getting it. You're getting it. Now, the All next right. trend is crochet. So this has been huge in home decor, right? We've all oh, seen that in the okay. last couple of years. They're combined mm-hmm. with another trend that obviously you and I won't support, but it's wearing your bra as a top. We've been seeing this with some celebrities lately with their bras oh. peeking out again under the blazer. Blazers are huge. Um, mm-hmm. But this idea of wearing a crochet dress with a bra 
you know, showing. So we're going to have to practice a little bit of extra custody of the eyes this summer. <laughs> oh my gosh. A yeah, lot of bras. That should be a marketing thing for sunglasses. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, but I, okay. So I'm listening to you and mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm, I'm out of luck okay. because everything trendy will look terrible <laughs> on me. <laughs> Is there hope? Is there hope for me? We're getting there. Is there anything? We're getting there. Okay. All right. Okay. One last thing about crochet dresses, though, because that was also a trend where my grandma crocheted all of her dresses for a very long time. And last summer, she actually promised them to me. But hers are, of course, way more matronly. And she had the matching colored slip to wear under them. And so Mm. I think I might actually take her up on this idea of wearing some of her old, like, more 1960s um, type crocheted dresses. Okay, because I when you first said crocheted clothing, mm-hmm. I I was originally on board mm-hmm. because that's I think probably what I was thinking more the style of right right like um even my mom has knitted and crocheted us clothes yep. over the years like even when I was growing up and stuff right um so yeah maybe there's a chance that we can redeem this particular trend if we catch it we early can. enough we can be matronly mm-hmm. enough Michelle that we can. <laughs> I think we have it in us. I think we do. (laughs) Now, I think you'll like this one. I like this one. But having, you know, eight kids between us, this one might not work. But white dresses, um, like wispy, flowy white sundresses are going to be everywhere this summer. And I really love that idea. The idea of a white dress. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The idea. Not the reality. Right. (laughs) Maybe it's like girls brunch out or girls cocktail night out, right? Not with our kids grabbing Mm -hmm. at us with their chalk hands when they're drawing on the sidewalk with their sidewalk chalk and then they touch you. So maybe not then, but out out for drinks with your girlfriends. Yes. And you know what? I have seen a little bit more of this trend and I, I like it when the Instagrammers and influencers that I see doing this, when they pair it with something um, a little bit edgier mm-hmm. on top, like with a leather coat. Yes. Leather's or, huge right um, now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Black Look leather. at me. Yeah. <laughs> you did <Okay>. it. <laughs> and then something I think that really responds with our look and a very ladylike look is a return to the classic Chanel two-piece like skirt suit, you know, that very classic oh, Chanel suit. Those are everywhere. Mm-hmm. The really young girls are wearing those. But like what you're saying, they're wearing them with like a black leather boot, like an ankle boot. Um, mm-hmm. But they're still wearing pearls, but then like big, like edgy sunglasses and also mm-hmm. trench coats. Trench coats have been in since the beginning of everything. Like e- they've just right. perpetually in style, but they they are huge again this season. So I, every year I'm like, yep, this is the year I'm going to buy myself a nice trench coat. And every year I forget. So I hope this is the year. Oh my gosh, you actually did say that. Um, I don't know if anyone who has been following us from the very, very beginning, we released that bonus oh. second episode. Do you remember the yes. fall trends? Yeah, oh, we have done fall trends. Oh, we did. Um, yes, but you mentioned in that, and this is like um, like a year and a half ago mm-hmm. now at this point, but that was the year you were going to buy a trench coat. And so if I think I, it's time. Yep. And if I recall, <laughs> I talked about You've Got Mail, which I also just rewatched mm-hmm. and again drooled over her wardrobe. So I'm really hoping that that style swings back around sometime soon. <laughs> yes. So now you know okay. what to wear and it's time mm-hmm. to have a cocktail. Perfect. I need a drink. Okay. Well, this one doesn't have alcohol, though. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Okay. <laughs> So 
mocktails are huge still. And I try. I didn't re-listen to our episode from last year. And I feel like they were just starting to become trendy last year. And I forget if we had touched on that. Um, but this is really hanging on. So from dry January, where a lot of people are giving up alcohol for that month, or still the whole mm-hmm. 30, where people are giving up alcohol for that month, many young people are taking breaks from alcohol. And I think we can all say cheers to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, but we know that many restaurants do make their profits from alcohol sales. And so bartenders have had to get creative with alcohol-free mocktails. And they're using really expensive and unique ingredients. And these drinks can often cost the same as what an alcoholic cocktail will cost, but they look delicious and really um, refreshing and just a really nice option for if you're abstaining from alcohol. Yeah. You know what? I do remember hearing that sobriety has become really common mm-hmm. and you're right, right in that demographic too, our age yeah. and just a little bit younger. Yep. And there is actually an episode on the Deliciously Ella podcast about sobriety mm. that I listened to maybe several months ago now. Um, and it was all about this trend uh, towards abstaining from alcohol. And I would like to learn more about that actually in particular, but I also find it interesting from a business perspective, like what you're saying, yeah. that the restaurants have to be like they also have to be up on what their consumers are um looking into and what they're practicing because they still have to turn a profit even if people are uh, abstaining from alcohol. And I think that when people choose to abstain from alcohol for the month, it's easy if you're at home, but it's that time you were going out with your friends that you really don't want to just get like the ginger mm-hmm. ale. And so I really love that bartenders are meeting the needs and using their skills, their mixology skills to make these delicious right. tasting mocktails. So there is a ton of that online right now. Cool. Right, what else for for when I'm going out now dressed in my crochet dress. Okay, right. So you're going <laughs> to yes. go out with your friends and I just need to tell you that speakeasies are so last year, okay? Like they're starting to pop up everywhere. Oh, but if yes. you want to truly be in the know, you don't go to a speakeasy and you end up at a tiki bar. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. I love right. this. I'm so excited. <laughs> so our even, even our little city of Kitchener, Ontario has a brand new tiki bar. They are the hot spot to be. So they are retro and, and kitsch-filled bars. And it's a total throwback to the 1960s. And it's just so much fun. And I am right on board with this trend. That's perfect for the summer and also for days you're dreaming about summer, yes! too. Yes. Yes. Um, so is it like full, uh, like, do you, should you like dress for a tiki bar as well? Um, do they give you coconut cups? I think like... they do give coconut cups. I think with some Ooh. of the drinks. Um, yeah, I think that would be a fun night to dress up in some of those clothes, you know, some of that clothing and really make it a fun night out. But it is, it's definitely, they're doing some really creative, like Polynesian inspired cocktails. I know the local bar here is working with a black vodka to make a black pearl, like a piratey type sounding cocktail. So they're doing some really neat mm. stuff there as well. Very cool. And if drinking out of coconuts isn't super your thing, right? Um, what is next for for us? Sour beers. So I don't. Ha- okay, I'm not a beer drinker, right? But I've had a few of right. these sour beers, and I'm loving them. And they're really huge right now. Hmm. Local craft breweries are still having their moment, right? So the the little local craft breweries are not done yet. They popped up everywhere, and they're still going, which is great. And many are producing these light and sour beers, and 
These breweries slash restaurants are also part of this other trend, which is called restaurants with a purpose. So they serve dual purposes as either like a craft beer distillery or an alcohol distillery or vineyards with a restaurant or farms with a restaurant attached, right? Because customers are still Mm -hmm. loving the whole eating local and drinking local trend. And customers Mm -hmm. are continuing to desire to know exactly where their food is coming from and eating it and drinking it as close to the source as possible, which is not only tasty, but incredibly environmentally sustainable. I really love to watch the ingenuity of these breweries in particular. Like we have several really popular ones here in the region, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Our, um, our liquor you know, stores in Ontario here, the LCBO, have quite the selection of sour beers. So I really, really recommend you grabbing mm. a few of the cans and trying them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have my beer now. Now what I really need is a burger, Lindsay. Right, right. Well, tell, me, tell me about my burger. So real burgers are back. You know what? We've seen that Ugh. huge trend in meatless burgers. Mm-hmm. And those aren't going away. That's fine. But the, a lot of people are like, okay, ready to go back to a, a big, thick, juicy, <laughs> flavorful burger. The difference being that people are still really wanting ethically sourced grass finished, which is different than grass fed. I don't know if you know the difference. No. Uh, oh, okay. So grass fed is anytime a cow has eaten grass, even once they can put grass mm-hmm. fed on the label. But if you want mm-hmm. that cow to have eaten grass right up until his sad demise, um, then it's grass finished. <laughs> that he ate grass okay. until the end of his life. Um, so, because a lot of people are finding that you could be really tricky with putting ga- grass fed on a label again, right? So right. sneaky. But yeah, so while fake meat is still happening, um, real burgers are, are really becoming back and people are getting creative with their burgers again. Okay. And for me, they never really left, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> Oh, but I'm so glad too. I, yeah, a a nice burger, especially on a patio in the summer, in the warm weather with a beer. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that is, you can't see it, but I'm making that perfection (laughs) hand thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. Got it. So, (laughs) okay. But the plant, the plant stuff isn't gone though. Like the the plant-based burgers. No, it's still huge. And companies are now really competing to see who can make better tasting meat alternatives. And this Mm. goes along with the desire, though, for reducing wasted food. So what they found, and I can attest to this, is that when you're trying to cook more vegetarian or a vegan way of cooking, you buy a lot of produce, don't you? And then there ends up being Mm. a lot Mm -hmm. of waste. And so the other trend that goes along with this plant-based diet is um, a new frozen food trend. Frozen food is becoming huge and people have really increased their amount of purchasing of frozen food over the last year because people are starting to understand and become educated that food frozen in its prime produce, you know, fruits and vegetables is Mm -hmm. just as good, sometimes if not better than what you're buying fresh. And this way too, you can only take out a little bit at a time. So you're really reducing food waste. And so a lot more companies are putting a lot more frozen food um, items out there and they're doing a lot more like prep items like frozen garlic or frozen things mm-hmm. that home chefs and people who are trying to cook a lot more from scratch which is great can use stuff without having so much food waste mm-hmm. that's great and yeah i have seen like frozen chopped onions yes <laughs> like things like that right which yeah. i'm just so on board for <laughs> There's another trend with the revival of Southern food. And this really started with some high-end chefs who were wanting to tap into the going beyond just like the shrimps and grits or whatever of the South. And you can see this with the higher-end chefs like Sean Brock and Mashama Bailey, who were both featured mm-hmm. on the, on our favorite show on Netflix, Chef's Table. 
And yep. now it's funny how it's moving its way up here to, you know, Ontario, because I'm seeing more and more people experimenting and cooking with like okra that you would have never seen a couple of years mm. ago. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of places opening up here. I'm finding that are like claiming to have the best fried chicken, right? The, 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 our little local chefs here in Waterloo region are driving down to the Southern States and like learning how to properly do fried chicken. So Southern food and either it's very trendy format of like fried chicken or some more really, really ancient roots of it is just having a massive foodie revival. Mm-hmm. All right. So I actually see here and you have fermented foods yeah. are still very, I think we kind of alluded to it last year, possibly, um, but it's still here and also pickled foods. Yeah. They're really gaining in proper um, popularity this year as we learn more about our gut health and the mm-hmm. gut brain connection. This has been just really huge in the medical world over the last year in the nutrition world. So lots of pickled food and sauerkrauts and kimchi and I just, I, that's not the type of food I like at all. Um, I'll do the sour beer. So maybe that has <laughs> something good for my gut. It, it must count. Right, yeah. it must. Um, but yeah, the, those probiotics are still huge. And just really people, a lot of my friends are looking into fermenting their own foods. Another- I ferment foods. You do? What do you I make? do. I'm, I make kefir or oh, yes. kefir. Yes. I've heard people say, I say kefir, dairy kefir. Right. Um, kefir and Sutherland. I, yeah. <laughs> key for southern food yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, all right um but yeah uh, my friend uh, my friend janine gave me grains about three years ago mm. between the two of us we joke that we're like the parents of mm. this one set of key for grains because we have gone back and forth a couple of times saying mine died mm-hmm. do you still have live grains and then we'll like exchange them again but now we we find it funny because it's part of so many conversations with others of our friends who are surprised that we've been making it for a long time yeah that's awesome and so I s- started thinking like am I so far behind that I could be a little bit ahead. I think you can. At least with fermented foods. What a thing to be ahead on. (laughs) I have never, because again, I don't really like that flavor. So I just tried kefir this week. And because President's Choice is carrying a coconut-based one. um, Because I try and stay away from a lot of dairy. And so it's a coconut-based one. And it's actually quite good. It still has a little more sugar than I would like. But I have finally, so I'm so behind, (laughs) jumped on top of this. Put in smoothies. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what I make with my smoothie. And it's really good. It has so many probiotics. It's good for your gut. Another thing that's really good for your gut is fenugreek, which fenugreek seeds are popping up everywhere. They're the new turmeric. Mm. So turmeric is so 2019. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> and fenugreek <laughs> seeds are now. And they are purported to balance cholesterol, reduce your appetite, soothe muscle pain, and help with liver and kidney health. But it's actually their bitter taste that really a lot of chefs are loving and starting to incorporate into their meals. So again, it's like this sour, bitter thing that's really popular right now. Mm-hmm. I've only heard of fenugreek in terms of like nursing. Yeah, me too. Breastfeeding. Like yeah. The, okay. So that's where I thought you were going with this, but yeah. All right. And that cool. wasn't actually on the list of medical benefits. It didn't say breastfeeding. And like you, that's really? the only time I'd heard about it. Convenient. Yeah. Conveniently left out. Yeah. The chefs are trying to hide that from the breastfeeding moms so they can take it for themselves. That's right. Okay. So Speaking of milk. Speaking of milk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. We are the pros at segways. 
hive brain transition. Yes. 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 Okay. So you go then. Okay. Yes, I threw to you there. So it's not breast milk. If any of you are like, oh, please don't say breast milk. Please don't say breast milk. <laughs> it's oat milk. So <laughs> all of the milks have had their day from soy to almond and cashew to coconut. 2020 yes. is the year of oat milk. So look for oat milk ice cream, which actually goes along with my final food trend, which is fancier ice cream and adult ice cream, mm-hmm. which is just alcohol laden. You know, we're lucky here again in Waterloo region to have something called for all ice cream. And they're finally opening another mm. little shop and mm-hmm. it's just really great. But you know what? Expect to pay more, but it is really worth it when you're buying this locally produced small batch ice creams that just taste outstanding. Yeah. Okay, so even though it's still a little bit chilly in the air, I think we have enough information now that we can at least indulge in some springtime daydreaming, mm-hmm. right? Like we can just picture ourselves out on a patio of a tiki bar, <laughs> sour beer from the local craft brewery in hand, and our white flowing dresses and mm-hmm. boxy 80 style business suit jacket over top. Love it. Um, while we're sipping our, our oat milk and fenugreek <laughs> cocktails and eating a giant real beef burger. I just, I can't wait for summer. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. It's time for our, what we're loving this week segment of the show. So Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? I watched a documentary on CBC. Um, I told you guys before about the CBC app called gem G E M. And so I found this documentary in there called toxic beauty and Mm. woo, was it a wake up call about all (laughs) All of the things we put on our faces and bodies and nails and hair. And it focused a lot actually on baby baby powder and the cases of ovarian cancer from that. Um, so that was a, a large part of it. But just the idea, again, of how many chemicals are slipped into our everyday products that we slather ourselves with. It's something I've tried to ignore for a very long time for myself. And I don't think I should ignore it anymore, but I'm just starting looking into it. So it was a big wake up call. So if it's something you're interested in, I really recommend Toxic Beauty on CBC. Mm, that's so interesting because I've seen for a while now the push from the... Um, pro natural beauty products the the better for you beauty project products happening on instagram yeah right and i'm um i've been intrigued by it so far so i'd love to watch toxic beauty and maybe figure out a little bit more background information um maybe it'll help me see uh what these um influencers are talking about a little bit more online yeah always learning so Mm -hmm. what are you loving this week so what i'm loving this week is very seasonal and um it's because of the turn of the weather and because we're all kind of trying to stick closer to home, but I am getting back into my garden and uh, I've long been interested in urban homesteading. Uh, So I don't live on a whole lot of property. And so the idea of urban homesteading really appeals to me and trying to find creative ways to grow vegetables. And um, if I was allowed to have chickens, I would have chickens and all these different kinds of things. So there are actually two sources that I've been going back and forth with quite a lot and just to get some inspiration and ideas and motivation. And the first is a book that I bought several years ago called Little House in the Suburbs. And it's a really, really great resource. There is a huge section on gardening, but also a lot on handcrafts as well. And also a little bit about, um, you know, how to 
can things, how to make your own soap or your own uh, household cleaning materials if you're interested in that sort of thing. And the second resource that I've been using quite a lot is an Instagram account that was actually recommended to me by one of our listeners, Leah Cox at Happy CS Farm on Instagram. And she recommended that I check out Deanna Cat. Um, she is an urban homesteader. Um, I don't even really know where, but it looks very sunny and warm. So far, far from me. Um, and she has essentially her entire backyard is a garden, is a homestead. And she does all kinds of cool things like grow her own turmeric and then she dehydrates it and grounds her own powder. She grows monarch butterflies. I mean, she's really, really fascinating. So I'll include links to both of those resources in the show notes if you are interested. But with the weather being what it is, I think urban homesteading, if you have any inclination whatsoever to gardening, might be right up your alley. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. If you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at lindsayhellmaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Thank you.